Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I feel like the fatigue has officially kicked in for me. And anytime I try to form a sentence, my brain does not work, but that's okay because we got a lot of games to talk about today and there's lots of football in my mind. So that's all that matters. Julia, how are you feeling? Exactly. Not too bad. I actually had a pretty good sleep last night. Not my usual, you know, level of of hours I would prefer. But overall, I think it's going to be this constant state of adrenaline, fatigue, but excitement just pushing us through for the next few weeks. But it's uh, it's an exciting time and we do what we got to do. I'm so excited for this episode because you've had the opportunity to interview some of the English female footballers, correct? While they yeah. played the city. Yes. So we'll get into the England match a little later because I want to pick your brain about that. Pick your brain about, you know, have you interviewed any of the players that we saw on the pitch today? Mm-hmm. And just your overall thoughts because I know that that's your team. Oh, England. They're my loves. My loves yes. my life. So I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited to see them out there. And I know we'll get into it. But not their strongest performance, but hey, that's okay. We're just well, let's, we talk about powerhouses in women's football and not necessarily having the strongest performance. We'll start off with USA versus Vietnam. The US obviously won the game 3 nothing. Mm-hmm. You look at that scoreline, you're like, okay, big win. But when you talk about the US program and how much they have won and the fact that they're the reigning champs and the fact that they're you know trying to accomplish this three-peat, uh, A lot of fans and a lot of U.S. women's national team fans are not happy with their performance. And I have to agree. I mean, it felt a little sloppy at times from the U.S. women and it felt a little unrefined at times. Uh, Again, I never really go so hard on that first World Cup game because I do think that there's a lot of jitters to get out. There could be jet lag. You know, there could be travel. There could be just trying to get into the, the flow of the World Cup. And at the end of the day, they did secure a big W. So I'm not you know, freaking out thinking that the U S women's national team can't accomplish another world cup, but with the standard that I hold them to and the high expectation that I hold them to, Mm -hmm. I expected more. How about you? For sure. Totally agree. I mean, you think about the 2019 women's world cup and they come out with like a 13 nil win. Right. And people are expecting some of those games to be constantly replicated. So of main, maybe there's a little bit of pressure on the U S you know, women's national team as well. I like what you said about teams coming in. You can't really judge them off their first game of the tournament, but I agree. Um, a little bit like, 
less clinical than what I was expecting them to be. And I'm not sure if it's just the fact that this team looks a lot different potentially too. I mean, there's 14 new players to the World Cup on this squad, um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Yes, of course, they have some of their heavy hitters, you know, Alex Morgan, Lindsay Huron or whatever. But it's very it's very interesting to see how they're going to do with all of these fresh faces, I think. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And I love that you mentioned Lindsay Huron because I feel like she's such a controversial topic right now amongst mm-hmm. U.S. fans because either people really love her or people are like, why is she our captain? She's not yeah. necessarily the player that we want going box to box. She can't necessarily fulfill that duty with the expectation that fans have. So I'm very, very interested to watch her almost like a spotlight on her for the rest of the World Cup and yeah. kind of formulate an opinion of my own. But I'm very interested because she, yeah, she is the captain. She is that midfielder. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how she does. She scored that goal. So, you know, at the end of the For day, sure. she went in, she did her job. Yeah. Maybe fans need to relax a little, but I do think that when we talk about that pressure and that immense bar that the U S women have set that you're right, maybe not every single game can be a 13 nil. And, and I mm-hmm. don't think that that should be the expectation, but I do think that maybe I expected a little bit more flow through the midfield Rose Lavelle being mm-hmm. slightly injured. I, I hope she's close to, uh, you know, full health because she is the player for the U S women's national team. In my opinion, oh, yeah. she's so clinical. She's so smart. She, she's able to thread that needle, pick up her head, her football IQ is on another planet. So mm-hmm. I think that if the U S women's national team is able to get Rose Lavelle back into kind of that form that we were used to seeing her in, it might be a little bit of a different ball game because she's that talented that she could change the entire game around for them. Absolutely. And, you know, I think bringing up this whole midfield idea, like you need like with top winning teams like that, they have a solid midfield. Who's the playmaker, who's the quarterback, like who's setting up opportunities to happen. And sure. Well, there was some of it. I don't think there was a, as much as there usually was, um, you know, to be honest. So who's to say what's going to happen with that. It's very similar in the Canada game. Um, I think Canada lacked that midfield as well. Um, So it's interesting to kind of pinpoint these teams now and see similarities coming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not all bad. Like when you think about the first, first goal that Sophia Smith scored, what an absolute beast she is, which we already knew she was. But now I think what's so impressive about her is that she's 22 years old and she's proving that she can do it on the biggest stage in her world cup debut. I mean, that's insane. Your first ever world cup game and she's scoring two goals and she's again, just such a beast, Mm -hmm. Uh, that type of energy from a player so contagious on the pitch. So I was very impressed with her. And also she was, she was, I think the first U S women's national team player to score two goals in a women's world cup debut. So that's just like, you know, her first game and she's already setting, you know, these national historic records for herself and a player to watch for sure. As the continue, Mm -hmm. uh, as the tournament continues, can she win the golden boot? You know, if she's scoring multiple goals a game, you know, can Mm -hmm. she win an MVP depending on how far the U S goes? So, but you think about that first goal she scored the movement, you know, that the U S had that backflip, uh, black, that backflip from, I can't talk the back (laughs) flick that Alex Morgan had into, uh, Sophia Smith was beautiful. It was so beautiful. So, uh, more of that from the U.S. because that's yeah. what we expect. We expect this like systematic, quick one-two touch football, picking up their heads, finding each other, and and just it being clinical. But they have yeah. it in the tank. That's why I'm not worried. It's there. They just have to clean it up. Now they yeah. just have to clean it up. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, bringing up that first goal, I was like, you know, 
going through the game, making some notes through it. I just thought that was super crafty. And that's exactly what we're used to them um, doing on on the world stage. So we'll see how it goes, um, you know, as time progresses. But you brought up Alex Morgan. I think that's a perfect, you know, segue kind of into her penalty kick there. And something that also notably like wasn't as clinical was Alex Morgan, I think, on the world stage has only had a penalty kick saved once in her entire career before this. So that would have been, you know, a huge moment for the Vietnam goalkeeper, of course, to to save that. But also Alex Morgan, like she's also dubbed for Golden Boot, too. Like she's got to get that in. Oh, my goodness. Big time. And mm-hmm. <laughs> not to bring up Christine Sinclair's Miss Penn, but a lot of people are like, what is happening? We're Sinclair misses, you know, yep. has her pen saved with a not so good shot. And then Alex Morgan, uh, another, honestly, you could call it a doozy because again, you expect so much more from her mm-hmm. uh, to, to get that in the back of the net. And not only that, but just more of a clinical shot in terms of quality and, you know, kudos to the, to the goalkeeper, but two things. I feel like there are so many penalties that we're seeing in every single game. And so many, so many, yes. And so many penalties that are being saved. So you have to give absolute credit to Mm -hmm. these goalkeepers. We mentioned this on our podcast yesterday, that it's not easy to have that awareness to read where the player's going to read where the ball's going and then to ultimately save that ball. So Mm -hmm. kudos to the goalkeepers. And it's just crazy to see almost that, that little lack of quality that we're seeing from some of the biggest names Exactly. In, in women's football. It's crazy to see what, like, what we're watching right now with penalties. Oh, it's so wild. And I know we'll get to England later, but the same thing happened in the England yeah. game as well. And it's these big, like you said, these big names, these big teams. And I can't help but wonder, is it just nerves going through all these, these, you know, big teams, big names? Because I find it very hard to believe that England and, you know, USA, Canada are all getting pens saved. It seems... Oh, like there's something in the air. It's weird. You know what? Uh, you have to assume that no matter how big these players are, Alex Morgan, Christine Sinclair, they have to feel the moment, right? They're human Absolutely. at the end of the day. They're, you yeah. know, they're going to feel the pressure. They're going to, you know, Christine Sinclair knows that she'd be the first player to score in six world cups. That adds a little bit, you know, pressure <laughs> on her back. Totally. I'm sure Alex Morgan knows the entire country's watching her in that moment. She knows Mm -hmm. what that would mean for her and her family and her team, right? That adds to it. So there's nothing against these footballers. Again, they're human. This happens. We've seen Messi do it in the men's world cup. We've seen Lewandowski do it in the men's world cup. And these are some of the biggest Mm -hmm. players in the men's game. So it happens. It's just wild to see that we're seeing it almost in every single game. Because I feel like in every game, there has been a penalty, maybe not in Denmark, Denmark, China, but I think maybe up until Yep. Denmark, China, there has been a penalty in every game. Yeah, which I think is also another really interesting point. Years ago, when you're watching women's football, sure, you'd see penalties there. They happen in football all the time, but not this consistent. And maybe it's the fact that teams are getting more comfortable or they're getting more aggressive. Um they're more willing to put themselves out there for the ball. Like, I'm not really sure. Or maybe it's just, like I said, there's, there's something going on in the World Cup energy throughout the world. But it's it's really interesting to see this amount of penalties. It's just shocking every single game. Yeah. Uh, we, we talk about the U.S. having the potential to do three-peat. Mm-hmm. They, prior to the World Cup, they come out with this commercial, which was interesting. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people disliked it, where it basically implied that the whole world is fearing the U.S. women's national team, and they're afraid of what they, they could accomplish at this World Cup. 
Do you think that pressure is going to weigh on them as this mm-hmm. World Cup continues? Are you worried after this performance? Because it might be a, the sloppiest we've seen the U.S. women's team in, in a mm-hmm. while. Or do you think that this is just, again, the first World Cup game, one and done. We have to build on it. You know, we're, we're getting our footing here in, in this Women's World Cup. And they're just going to kind of progress from there. Yeah, I agree. I think with the latter point you mentioned, um, more so. I think it could be a little bit of both, to be honest. Of course, every team faces that pressure. But they're the United States of America. They've won it three times. They have very clinical players in the NWSL, WSL, all over the world. Um, you know, and it's, it's oh gosh, it's so tough. I, I just think they had a little bit of an off day. And because they're humans, they're allowed to do that. And that's absolutely fine. But I think they're going to, they want to win. You see them coming out there on the pitch. They are collected a little bit maybe a little bit cocky to be honest but i think that's some of the energy they deliver to make them win i don't mind that energy to be quite honest and i think that they have this they've earned that right there's a difference between being cocky and disrespectful and there's uh, being cocky and and confident and i don't mind that like you see that when they walk into the into the game and they're swagged out outfits and glasses like they have this Mm -hmm. or they have this aura to them and i love that about the u.s women's national team and i i wouldn't ever want that to change Uh, i i don't think that people should be so critical just yet they got the job done. They got three points. I mean, exactly. at the end of the day, that's what you need. Yeah. Uh, you know, you think about Argentina and the way that they started the men's world cup, it wasn't great. And they ended up winning the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had that game against Saudi Arabia. So I just think that people need to calm down. We're allowed to be critical. We're allowed to be totally. like, hmm, wasn't the best, but I do think at the end of the day, we have to be like, they won. They exactly. got their job done against Vietnam, who's making their World Cup debut. For and sure. they were in a low block in that game, which was the intention of that is to frustrate the U.S. women's national team. I do think at times they succeeded there. But, you know, everyone knew that the U.S. was going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's no kind of hard to play. Sometimes it's hard to play in those games, too. You, you sometimes exactly. play, play better when the competition's better. And full credit to Vietnam. I think that they did what they wanted to do. And I, I give credit to the U.S., too. Just They just need to clean it up. Because if you think about them taking on a team of a higher, uh, you know, maybe in England or France, mm-hmm. they would need to be much better. But they probably would be able to rise to that occasion, as we've seen many times in the past, Definitely. if that were the case. Definitely. I think they're a kind of team that knows the stakes they're coming up against. You, It's like we said, you know, yesterday too, it's a lot of mentality. Um, a few goals up, they just go that, you know, they do their thing, but against a team, like you said, Germany, France, England, even Spain, like you, you can't hold up. And that's a completely, again, no disrespect to Vietnam. I think they actually played a lot of, you know, they were very resilient and it could have been a yeah. lot worse because Vietnam actually lost like nine nil to Spain in a pre tournament friendly, yep. like only a few weeks ago. So it really could have been a lot worse And it would have been hard for them to come in knowing people, everybody thought they were going to lose. Right. So um, I do, I do think, yeah, like you said, people just need to have a little break. I mean, there's some people coming in Trinity Rodman. She's an amazing young talent. Sophia Smith, like you said, is like the top goal scorer right now in the NWSL. Mm -hmm. They're working out the kinks just like everybody else. I love that you said that they're human and maybe if they perform a little sloppily the second time around, okay, then maybe we can have another conversation. Well, that's what my hopes are with uh, Christine Sinclair since she missed that penalty. Yeah. She's about to score a hat trick against Ireland. Like sometimes it's the way it goes, right? Not everything's exactly. going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, and I love that you mentioned that point to Vietnam as well. It's interesting because the Vietnamese coach 
admitted that they entered this game against the U.S. to essentially try and control, like do damage control against the U.S. And they wanted to work on not having a ton of goals conceded and mm-hmm. to minimize injuries. So when you think about their game plan, they they were very realistic about yeah. who their opponent is, that this is their World Cup debut. And at the end of the day, I mean, if I'm Vietnam, I, I'm proud of myself. I mean, oh I, my think gosh. They, I think that they handled the, their business in the best of their ability, considering the context. Exactly. Considering the context. And you have to put this idea of experience into play too. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly think experience on the world stage against top international competition, experience in these tournaments, experience making a deep run, having their players playing in top flight football makes a difference. And Vietnam does not have that. USA has that. So mm-hmm. you do have to give Vietnam a lot of credit uh, for going out there and, in my opinion, just not giving up. Absolutely agree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else on that game, Julia, that you want to talk um, about? I think so. I think that's good. Perfect. Yeah. Japan, Zambia, 5 nil. I was Woo. shocked at this scoreline. I'm not yeah. going to lie because so many people have Zambia, myself included, as these dark horses, right? Because you hear mm-hmm. of a lot of talented players that they have, uh, Banda, Kundananji, you know, mm-hmm. very, very good talents. Uh, and I, I highly rate Japan, but I didn't, the five nil is a blowout. That's a blowout. I and didn't expect five nil. I expected maybe a couple goals. I thought Japan yes. was going to take it for sure, but five. Wow. And all, and so many quickly, sorry, I didn't mean to just interrupt you there. No, Jeff. this is great. Go, go ahead. Four goals pretty quickly in the second half. I feel like Zambia, they got a goal, conceded a second one, and then they just let the energy go. Banda, she was isolated up there. I know. She was hanging out by herself, and the Japanese players were marking her the whole time. And I'm like... Yeah, you you would. (laughs) And and that's what happens, right? That's what happens in top tier football. When you're that good, Mm -hmm. you're going to be, people are going to make sure you're marked. People are going to make sure you're taken care of. Zambia, zero shots, obviously zero shots on target at that point. Crazy. Again, you have Kundanaji, you have Banda. For them not to have even an opportunity to strike on net says so much about Japan. And I'm so impressed with Japan. I mean, Mm how quick they are, how smart they are, how they pass the ball. I'm like the way my, as a former midfielder, when I see these beautiful passes on the ground, my heart just lights up because (laughs) I think that it's just one of the most beautiful parts of the game. And I feel like Japan was very clinical in finding lanes in movement on and off the ball in precision and intention in their passes. Mm -hmm. We saw that Takanaka two goals called offside. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Two goals called offside. And then she finally gets that third one that, you know, was, it was perfect. But when you look at all of the goals, even the ones that were called off the passes to her, like the threading of the needle, the sequence, how good Japan was. I was like, this is beautiful. Uh, I'm now like Japan is a strong contender in my opinion. 100%. I was like, think, you know, well, I'm a city fan. We all know that I like to bring up city yes. whenever I can, but it was like some KDB energy out there yeah. in the midfield. To be completely honest, I thought Japan was a well oiled machine, oh, very yeah. well oiled. And I want to ask you, like, bringing that up, where do you think now, seeing that game, how do you think Japan is going to do in this tournament compared to the big teams? How do you foresee them, you know, competing moving forward? Because they could do a lot better than what people think. Oh, yeah. And I think in my predictions, I have Japan getting out of the group Uh, because this is the group with uh, Spain, correct? 
Yes. Yes. So I I had Spain and Japan saying like either one of these teams could be going one. And then if one goes one, the other one's going two. So I have Spain and Japan getting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Japan can make a run one through their quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, they just seemed happy every single time they scored a goal. You know, they, they seem like a positive team. You could see their chemistry on the pitch. Again, mm-hmm. Zambia lacked. Like, I'm wondering now, are they an overrated dark horse? Their back line was in shambles that time, completely unorganized. Uh, but man, I just, I really like Japan. And I've always mm-hmm. said this about Japan, even on the men's side. And we saw the men's side upset Germany in the men's world cup, but the women too, such quick pace. It's not easy to play against. And not only are they quick physically, but they're quick in their brain. Like they're such a high football IQ when they play and they find each other in the seams. And when those moments happen, it's just like, you're watching gold. I I love, Mm -hmm. I love those seamless, quick passes that find their target striker. And then if they're able to finish, which clearly they're able to finish, like scoring wasn't a problem for them today. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if if they're able to continue that fast paced game with their passing and, and their finishing, I think that Japan could upset some teams that I don't even, I would, I wouldn't even necessarily consider it an upset because I rate them highly, but yeah. maybe surprise a lot of people who would necessarily think like, Oh, it would be England or France or Germany. I think oh, Japan sure. could, could be in that mix too. Yeah. I agree with everything you say there. Also the point I found really interesting was you said they look like they're having fun yeah. and they do, they're out there. They're enjoying themselves in one of the uh, post-match games that like interviews, conferences, things that I was watching. She, one of the players, I forget who it was, but she referred to everybody as her literally, you know, my, me and my friends out there, we made it happen. And I think they probably clearly now looking at this game have an excellent, you know, backroom practice environment. Like it's so key to have a team and teammates that really believe in each other and trust each other. And that really comes out on the pitch. Um, And I think that that's really interesting compared to a lot of the teams in the tournament that are maybe having some drama or some problems with their teammates or their federations. Like who knows? Every, everything comes into play. And I think they're really going out there with true belief and they got each other's backs and that's huge. Well, you know, you're a big city fan, Julia, yep. on the, obviously on the men's side and the women's side. But if you look at what the men did, how they won the treble, this team looks so close. The relationship mm-hmm. between Grealish and Holland and Foden, like they're oh. always cheering for each other. Al- yep. Holland's cheering for Alvarez when Alvarez subs, like, you know, there's know, a substitution, so Holland's <laughs> off and Alvarez scores, Holland's freaking out. Like, yeah. That's such an important mm-hmm. part of a team uh, that I don't think it's it's talked enough about because if there is that yeah. chemistry, if there is that family aspect, if there is that no competition between players because we are a team and we want everyone to succeed, these teams can go significantly far in a tournament. Totally. And I just, I don't know much about Japan in that aspect, but watching them on the pitch and seeing how happy they were, like you have to enjoy the moment too. Yes, the World Cup's overwhelming. Yes, it's the biggest stage, but you have to enjoy that moment and be present. Mm -hmm. And if your team is again, taking on a Zambia team that a lot of people were rating them as a dark horse, and you're able to put five goals past them and eliminate any shots, any shots and eliminate Barbara Banda and eliminate Rachel Kunanji, celebrate, enjoy it, have fun. And, and I loved to see that from them. Mm -hmm. Cause that's such a win, you know? And Oh Yeah. Uh, you know, so this morning too, I was also listening, bringing up one more city thing, but it connects. I promise everyone. I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but, okay. So the men's team, they're in Tokyo right now for their preseason tour. And 
Pepperiel was just saying some interesting things in his press conference about Japanese footballers. And he was saying just him through his observations. We all know Pep knows everything. He watches everything. <laughs> and he was saying Japanese footballers, both men and women, he did meant like reference. So I thought that Love was that. great that he mentioned the women as well. But he said the one thing that shocks him is how their chemistry on the pitch mm-hmm. together, but also they are dynamic they are vibrant and they can change the pace of a game in a second. And that's what makes them so hard to play against. That's what we see very clearly with, you know, Matoma in the Premier League as well. I think mm-hmm. he's really brought a lot of light to, um, you know, Japanese football. But you can absolutely see that dynamism, that vibrancy and that ability to just hold it together in Japan's performance today. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that Pep also put the women in there, too. Like, he's so classy. And for Pep to say that, you know, he's a master tactician. He he knows what he's talking about. Obviously, like look at everything he's accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about Japan. And I, I like that comment about like they can change the pace. That's one of the best parts about Japan is just how fast they are. And again, it's not only physically, it's how mentally quick they are. And you can't teach that. That's just something that's like in their genes, in their, you know, oh, in their yeah. chemistry as a team. Like they're so fun to watch. And again, Japan and Germany in the men's world cup, I believe Japan made a comment back and obviously stunned Germany because Germany was a favorite to win the World Cup in some people's opinions and how they were able to do that was exceptional and I Mm -hmm. think that the women will be able to do very very like important things as well like that if if not more I was very impressed by the Mm -hmm. women and I can't wait Japan's another team on my little roster now kind of up there with Ireland where I'm like I want to watch every I want to watch every game 100% and I think their Japan versus Spain game is going to be very interesting I mean right now Japan just by goal differential is on top of Spain (laughs) so they must be riding high right now but they'll know that Spain's also going to want to come for them they're going to know Spain's going to be watching their every move but i do think even if japan goes down to spain can't don't count them out they'll come back they'll come back and i think that's what makes them interesting and it's interesting to even think that they would still be above spain right now with goal differential when spain beat costa rica three nil right like you're you're thinking about again like they were clinical in their goal scoring where people were like spain should have scored more goals with the amount of chances that they had so Mm -hmm. it's going to be very interesting that's going to be a very very good game Uh, i love that you brought that up and i think it's between those two teams uh, in terms of who comes out of the group you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yep, absolutely agree. Well, we'll just have to wait and see, but yeah. Quickly before we move on, Zambia's goalkeeper got a red card. Oh, uh, wow. Drama. Yeah, yeah, I know drama. I felt for her, but mm-hmm. I mean, it was the right decision by the by the referee. And yeah. first attempt for Japan hits the crossbar, but goalkeeper encroachment, which again has been a, a theme at this, yep. <laughs> at this World Cup. But I have to give credit to the referees because I think that they're using VAR correctly. And yes. I'm not always a fan because I don't always think refs do use it correctly. But in in the moments that I've seen so far, I think that the refs have done a good job of being like, that was encroachment. And it's not easy to make that decision. Like, no. okay, a player missed the first penalty. Now you're basically giving them another chance, but they have been making the correct decisions. And, you know, Japan ends up getting the second chance and a nice five nil victory for them in their first game. And now sometimes I think when, you know, Julia, we talk about when you have a tough first game, like maybe the U S and Canada, you have to build on that. Like you have yeah. to, but I also think it's very hard to have a very good first game. And how do you build on oh. a very good performance, right? Like you good can point. see it from either perspective right now, good like point. Japan set a bar very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do they keep consistency in that regard of their quality? Mm-hmm. That's also not an easy thing to do. So I'm very interested to see how yeah. that plays out. And Maybe Zambia just had an off day and they have to surprise us. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. I think Japan, well, I mean, I, I per- would think I perceive them to come into their next game with a fresh mind, a clean slate. Um, you have to take it that way because if you honestly take any points of information, feelings, emotions, experiences, anything back from older games, like it's not going to bode well for you. You have to yeah. look at it as a fresh chance, a fresh start. And I really think Japan is going to do that. But it's a good point. You start well, that's pressure, right? Yeah. It's not easy to be consistent and you have to be consistent at these tournaments, but maybe Japan has it in the tank, man. I don't know. I was, you know, they're one of my favorite teams right now. It was worth getting up early. Yes. Yes. Sure. I yeah. agree. Okay. England versus Haiti. I'm going to let you, you tell me Oof. how you feel after this game with England being your team. For sure. Yes. Well, preface. England is the team. I love them. But Canada is too. Canada's too. Yes. They're my lo- they're both my loves. You're right. Yeah. You're right. right. My heritage is divided. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Oh, so I totally hard. get it. I think more just like, yeah, because I, I know some of these girls like personally. So like it makes like they're like my pals, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool. But I'm um, not their best performance, I will say. And I was very impressed by Haiti actually, and how Haiti came out. Um, England, I think, is an interesting one that I think the first thing we need to talk about when we discuss England is comparing their Euro team from winning the Euros in 2022 to now. It is a very different team, even though they still have some key players um, from that tournament as well. You talk about retirements. Okay, so Ellen White and Jill Scott, mainstays on the team, gone due to retirements. You have Captain Leah Williamson gone with an ACL and you have Beth Mead gone also with an ACL. Who was the golden boot winner? 
Yep. This is where my problem with England is. Yes, I will say good for them. They came out with the win. That was great. That made me happy, of course. But their problem is on goal scoring. They haven't actually scored a goal in open play since April. Ooh. April. Their That's only, a stat. Their only goals have come from penalties. It's oh. literally like shocking. Like it's it's shocking to me. Beth Mead was their goal scorer and now she's gone and they haven't been able. This is where I get riled up. They haven't been able to figure out how to be clinical. Alicia Russo, she's very clinical, but typically, of course. Yeah. But today she had like five shots on target and then six general shots and didn't get a goal. So I'm like, come on, like you, you've, you've got to you've got to finish there. So I think there was some questions today with there were so many shots, 34 total. And the only goal they got was on a penalty. And it's crazy to think that the first chance of the game came from Haiti uh, within the first 13 minutes. You know, I love that you, yes. give, you know, you give some credit to Haiti too, because I do think that they brought it to this English team, mm-hmm. but yeah, that is concerning. And again, we talk about pressure coming into these tournaments. Canada has it. Mm-hmm. USA has it. England has it. You know, everyone's watching there. There's always a lot of eyes on England, both men and women's, you know, a lot of criticism yeah. that can come. Oh, uh, and the expectations, rightfully so though, you know, they just yeah. won the Euro. The expectations are going to be there. That's what happens when you end up being a top tier football team or a top tier player. People are going to expect a lot from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of fans are not happy with England right now. And they're maybe no. even a little concerned. Like, is there, is there an issue with goal scoring? Is there an issue with some of the decisions with players being made? Uh, can, can they go far in this tournament? I think it's too early to tell. Mm-hmm. They did. We talk about how important that first game is and locking in that W they did end up doing that. But yeah. Also again, we talk about <laughs> encroachment on a penalty. Oh my God. The refs called that again. Mm-hmm. And thankfully England was able to nail the second attempt. But on that first attempt, the, the goalkeeper save was brilliant. Was uh, beautiful. I, mean, beautiful. I felt like that was one of the hardest shot penalties I've seen in a long time. And, and how the goalkeeper yeah. was able to say that I don't even want to butcher her name because I have a hard time. I saying know. <laughs> it. Uh, but for Sanway, you know, to come up and, and get that second, there's obviously an immense amount of pressure. She nailed it, but yeah, you have to wonder. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Could they not, could they not have generated more goals? Absolutely. I think they they should have. Um, But I do also, like you mentioned, want to have credit for the Haitian goalkeeper because Stanway shot, unlike maybe some other ones that maybe weren't as as strong in the past games in the tournament. I thought Stanway shot was actually very strong for the first one. And for her to have those super, the keeper, to have quick reflexes, to read Stanway, to totally deny her. Stanway afterwards was in shock and it was just crazy. But yeah, good for her, obviously, to convert on the second one because if Stanway missed two in a row that would have been insane well you know we talk about some penalties lacking quality I don't think Stanway's initial penalty lacked quality I just thought it was an incredible save but I incredible save it was so hard it was it was a hard hit penalty I think it was placed pretty well if my memory serves me correctly Mm -hmm. I'm sorry guys my I'm on like my half my brain sleeping right now (laughs) but I I was like whoa more than anything I was like what a save you know it happened so fast it happened so fast it was so good and it was shocking but you have to give Stanway credit because for her to be able to regroup from a moment like that where you would assume Haiti has the momentum in that moment Mm -hmm. for her to nail it and have that composure I think says a lot about her Mm -hmm. and yeah you 
know, people are going to criticize. People are going to, you know, feel unhappy about certain things. We felt a certain way at times about Canada. We felt a certain way about the U S this happens. Uh, I, I don't think you can rule out England by any means. And you know that they're going to come out of that game and they're going to regroup and say, this is what we need to fix. This is what we need to build on. And we need to get that sorted out quickly because we don't have time to kind of, we're at the world cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't have time oh, to no. mess around. You, you literally don't have time at all. Yeah. And I, I do agree just, you know, watching them for so long, seeing how they play in big tournaments, they're absolutely going to come back. They want to be here. They want to yeah. prove themselves. And there were some, some moments that I thought were really, were pretty good for England too. I thought Alex Greenwood was fabulous. I really like how she plays out there. Um, but Mary Earps, I just want to talk about her one legged stretch save there at the end that could have been a goal for Haiti 100% and I don't know the type of gymnastics herbs had going on there that was wild but she's also somebody where she's like the mom of the team and she's gonna go back in that team room after and she's gonna be like ladies you need we need to deal we need to deal and they they need to have somebody like that who's just gonna lay the groundwork and again, these things happen. These um, things happen. Now, yep. if we're talking about England's second game and we still feel the same way, I think, okay, now we, we can talk about yes. should we should we be worried? Should we start talking about them in a different way? This team, like you said, is not the same team from the Euro. Should they be held to that expectation if they are two different teams? So we'll see how the tournament plays we'll out. But right now, right now, I mean, I don't blame England fans for being slightly frustrated for expecting more. But again, I don't think it's the end of the world. They're... No, they got three points. You know, that's they got the three points. They got the win. They made it happen. Like you said, at the end of the day, you're going to bed with that, whether it, you know, it, it matters yeah. at least to get the win. And I still have faith. I think they'll come back. I think it's the issue we're seeing, like we've mentioned before, with a lot of these teams. First World Cup tournament, you you have to, as you see, as a human, put yourself in their shoes. You can't perform 100% like the best every single time. And that's yeah. okay. So right now we're just kind of, Chilling out, we're watching, we're observing, and then I think next week we can make some really good critical notes for sure. I'm so impressed by these, you know, World Cup, these countries who are making their World Cup debuts. I so mean, cool. good for them. And I, and I, again, I don't think that, I, I, I keep thinking back to Ireland. They just didn't feel overwhelmed by the moment. They owned nope. the moment. That's the best way for me to put it mm. now. That just came into my mind. They owned that moment against Australia in front of 80,000 people, you know, yeah. and, and I think Haiti did really, did really well against a tough England team, which is now known as another powerhouse in women's football. Mm. And I want to bring up one name in particular. I hope I don't butcher this because I'm terrible with names, but Melchi Dumornay, mm-hmm. Dumornay, uh, and she's, she's nine, 19 years old, plays for Leon. Uh, and you could talk about this entire game and all the superstars on England, but to me, she was the standout player. And yes. she was disrupting so much for, for England at times. And I think that she could be a player to watch. And again, for Haiti to have their mm-hmm. World Cup debut and for her to have her World Cup debut and for her to be so young and be so impactful, it's just exciting to see these teams come into this stage, come onto this stage and and do the best that they can. And I think mm-hmm. Haiti really... I mean, Eng- I don't want to say England was lucky, but Haiti also wasn't fearful of their opponent. No. And I respect that. Not at all. And I think that goes a lot. Like they're, They have a really cool story of getting to even to the world cup. Like they're in the middle of national unrest right now in Haiti. They had to fundraise to even get here. Like they don't have a lot of funding or resources. So it's really that fairy tale story of them coming here and 
those characteristics, those character traits are really showing up on the pitch of the not giving up, of proving themselves to the world that they deserve to have a spot. Um, Dumornay, incredible. She came out with fire. She is the heart of that team for sure. She's so strong. I was very yeah. impressed, very, oh, yeah. very pacey. I was very scared when she was getting to yeah. England's box that I thought, oh my gosh, this is the moment she's going to get it in the net. And she is a very exciting player to watch. Your pronunciation is far better than mine. It just flew out of my mouth. So the I, execution I was, was <laughs> the execution was perfect, Julia. We'll just thank you, uh, thank you. we'll dub Julia's voice over my face and oh my insert <laughs> insert you have, a, you have a better radio voice than me, though. So oh my goodness! <laughs> no, no, no! You're great. Okay, so talk to me. Do, do any yeah. players today on England on the pitch? Have you interviewed them? Have you yeah. profiled them? Talk to us. For sure. So last summer before the Euros, um, I was working for City and we were featuring doing basically profile interviews of every single woman on Manchester City who was playing in the Euros. So I did all of the write-ups for them, um, but I didn't do all the interviews. I did some of the interviews, but the write-ups that I did without interviews were um, Kira Walsh and... Yeah, I think just Kira Walsh, because then some of the other Spanish players um, that I did as well. But I spoke to Chloe Kelly and Alex Greenwood, and that was a very cool moment. Albeit, I'm in Canada right now, so it was definitely um, one was by Zoom and one was by phone. So super cool just to hear their voice, to see these players that I've been idolizing and then writing about for so long was super cool and just to be able to listen to them like wow and then to go see chloe kelly score that incredible tournament winning goal i was like my girl like amazing and i think a player to totally stand out again though is alex greenwood she is a cool composed captain out there she has a lot of ball knowledge and i think nobody really talks about her um she's on defense you know but she she doesn't always play as much for england um she's coming in there now with a lot of the injuries, of course, that that are happening. But she is a silent leader, I think. And she's very insightful. So it was very cool to to speak to some of these players. And I think for me, it's like you go into these moments and they're like big celebrities for some people and you don't really realize what's happening. And then afterwards, you're kind of like, oh, wow, what just happened? This is wild. So it's I'm very lucky. It, it made me learn a lot. It made me appreciate players more from a human perspective. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And I feel like you naturally, when you see them play, you're like, that's my friend. Or you know what exactly. I mean? Because you got to know them on that human level that you, you don't just see them as this superstar athlete. There's a different level of, you know, you cheering for them and it comes from mm-hmm. a different place in your heart. So I think that's super, super cool. Very cool. And one thing that I love too, that I just want to make sure I notice, um, this happens a lot with women's players. They appreciate so much what you do of trying to get their names out there um, and into the world. And they're really like, Julia, like, thank you so much. Like, I'll definitely read it. I'll check it out. Like, you know, I'll check out your Twitter, that kind of thing. They're very appreciative. They do speak to you. I'm generalizing, of course, but like they do speak to you like you're a friend, like you're an equal. They're like, oh, what do you do? How long have you been here for? And I thought that was very cool. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen on the men's side because it definitely does. But women have... I find have to fight to get their voices out there in the media. And it's been a very interesting experience to be the person to help tell the story on that front and to see how that's been growing and changing. And it's uh, we just got to keep putting these women out there in the world because they deserve it. 
Well, we mentioned this kind of in the initial podcast we did, Julia, how, Mm -hmm. you know, women are fighting for visibility. Women are fighting for equality and equal pay and just to be seen and heard and, and for the women's side of the game to be respected and for you to take the time to kind of write a profile on them or get to know them or humanize them or, you know, find this very cool part of their life or their journey and, and take the time to mm-hmm. put it in a publication so other people can get to know them. I'm sure, you know, anyone would appreciate that. And and we need more of that. That's why I remember talking to you the first time I mm-hmm. we kind of met and we spoke. Yeah. I'm like, I can only imagine how much that means and, and how important your role is in growing the women's game because we need people in your role to kind of bring light to, to these athletes, to their situations, yeah. to their interests, to who they are, right? They're not just footballers. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, I commend you on that because oh, we need more you. of that. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to be writing many more articles, many more I, profiles. I sure hope so. I mean, yeah. I did one um, just recently for the Toronto Star and I interviewed and profiled Jordan Heidema and that was oh, yeah. a very cool experience. She was lovely to talk to. But hearing her side of the story, how she worked so hard to get to where she is, the work she's put in going away to Paris, PSG, yeah. as a very young woman, not knowing anything, being not knowing the language, not knowing a single person. Like you got to feel for her in these moments. And all you see is the headlines of, you know, her playing games, her not scoring goals when she does score goals, her relationship with Alfonso Davies, of course. But people need to see the other side of the story, too, for every single athlete. So it's very cool to have these opportunities. Well, unfortunately, people only when they see professional athletes, they only pay attention to how many goals they're scoring, you know, how many assists they have, what their performance on the pitch is like, but no one sees the work that goes in. No one would maybe even think about Jordan Heidema going to Paris and not knowing the language, being away from family, being away from loved ones and having to navigate that all while facing the pressure of her name, which is a massive name in football. And, and people criticizing is maybe she's not doing exactly what they want her her to do on the pitch. Right. Because there was that narrative and I did feel for her. And obviously, you know, that's why she, she ended up leaving the club, but you got to feel because it's Mm -hmm. not easy. And people don't always think about what it might be like as a human being to try and navigate the pressure of wanting to be this incredible footballer, but also having a human experience and, yeah. and having some adversity. So I'm, I, 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 that's in the Toronto star, Julia, I must've missed yes. that. So every, yep. everyone listening can go, can go read oh, it. Yeah. Yep. It's out now. Um, definitely take a look for sure. But I think some of these people maybe see these footballers, maybe uh, this is going to sound wrong, but as like not real people. Yeah, no, it's, you know what I mean? And it's like, they, they, they experience the same emotions you do just like you and I. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. Okay. Denmark, China. I kind of had this game on, on the background, but I had Denmark in this tournament for, for me personally, as, as a, as a little bit of a dark horse. I'm like, I think that they Mm -hmm. could surprise some people. China won the Asian cup in 2022. So this is also another team to not sleep on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the game looked pretty gritty. I mean, I do know that Denmark lost, uh, sorry, Denmark won. 1-0. But China, towards the very end, I saw on my television, they had an opportunity Mm -hmm. to tie it up. And and one of the defenders on Denmark just kind of put her foot out and got the ball off the line. So it seemed like a pretty back and forth game. But you have a pretty cool stat on Denmark. 
Yeah, so Denmark. Denmark, this is their first goal in the Women's World Cup since 2007. Crazy. That's wild. So crazy. they were freaking out with excitement and like to get an 89th minute goal in the World Cup, like talk, talk about drama right at the I end know. too. But, oh, it's like all of these teams coming in, you know, like a lot of our newcomers, teams who haven't scored goals in a very long time. It's really turning out to be an interesting cup so far. And I love seeing some of these stats now come up because it gives you perspective, um, makes you think and gives you just ideas for maybe how these players are feeling and how they want to show up on the pitch. I can't wait to see, you know, Denmark play more uh, and and see what they can accomplish because I do feel like there's maybe a little bit of a Cinderella story that's able to brew there. Oh, I think so. Uh, Because they worked really hard. They worked really hard. I really like Pernille Harder. Um, I think she's fabulous. She's got a lot of zest out there. She's she's one of those cool, calm, collected players, but she isn't afraid to go in there and, and, you know, get nitty gritty as well. So um, don't count them out. Perfect. Okay. So let's wrap up this episode with maybe your thoughts and feelings. And then I'll weigh in on mine on the first few days of the world cup. What are maybe some things that have surprised you that you really like, or maybe some things that you'd like to see more of? For sure. I think right away, um, first thing that comes to mind about what I really like is just these fabulous heartwarming stories that I'm seeing specifically like New Zealand. That was an incredible story right off the bat. First like first world cup first goal super cool um i've also been this is off the pitch very impressed with the turnout of the tournament the amount of people who are going um and just experiencing and enjoying women's football is really cool um i just think it's also yeah we're seeing a lot of dark horses come up we're seeing a few upsets we're seeing teams maybe who we thought um wouldn't be maybe quite as top show a little bit of class. So I think that's really interesting to kind of see how tables are maybe turning. I know it's early days, um, (laughs) but that's really great. Um, I would like to see maybe overall some nerves kind of settle in a little bit now. Um, I don't like to see when people's maybe like emotions kind of get to them a little bit. So maybe now that everyone's settled in, it's going to be more, you know, things that might be a little bit different. So I'm just excited for teams to kind of get out there and show maybe a little bit more aggression, show a little bit more tightness, clean, you know, clean play from a variety of teams like we talked about. But I would say the game I'm most excited for coming up is Ireland and Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be so good. No, I agree with you. And my, I guess what I've loved so far, the storylines of like the firsts or, Mm. uh, you know, just like when you think about New Zealand getting their first ever World Cup win on the men's or women's side. And then, you know, you see these, a lot of these countries make their first World Cup debut and, and have a very good performance. Ireland, Haiti, you know, Vietnam did what they could against the U.S. And I and I love to see that these, these countries that haven't had that experience before come in and kind of start to write a name for themselves. Uh, and... I agree with you. Like, you know, Allie Riley, New Zealand Mm -hmm. captain, getting her first World Cup win after being being at the World Cup five times. You know, these these storylines of the firsts make me so happy. And I just think that there's going to be more to come. And I'm excited to see, you know, if there's a team that we weren't really expecting to do well, really upset one of the powerhouses at this World Cup. So uh, something I'd like to see more of is players 
executing their penalties. I want to oh, see some yeah. really, really good, good pens. I, I want to, like I, I love the saves. I love the saves and I'm always rooting for, for, you know, goalkeepers too, to have their moment, but I want to start seeing some clinical penalties. Me so too. especially with how many we've seen and, you know, so that's just, that's just me being nitpicky because penalties are just so, there's so much pressure. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, I just like to I see agree. Yeah. a crazy pen. Uh, but so far, I've really enjoyed this World Cup. I've enjoyed moments from, uh, I guess I could say like very big moments, New Zealand, Australia having 80,000 people, all of these things. But also I've enjoyed, yeah, like the misses. Alex yeah. Morgan. I mean, I don't enjoy that Alex Morgan miss it, but I also yeah, like, I just I love the storyline of it. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. these massive players and it just goes to show you that football is not guaranteed football is not an easy sport uh you have to work like it's just it can go in any direction and as beautiful as this game is it could also be super heartbreaking and i love that we're kind of getting that mix already i mean we've been in it for a few days you know exactly it's so cool i agree with every single thing you've said and i agree the fact that what's so cool is we're only getting started yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. I know. So what's, what games are coming up next? Let's just kind of update sure. everybody. I left my Let's schedule in the other room. I'm one of those know, people that too. prints out everything. I have, I I'm a hard too. copy girl. <laughs> I do that too. I write everything. So we have Sweden, South Africa tonight, our time. I um, think Sweden's a very good team. Mm -hmm. I do too. So that's who came. Uh, they were Olympic game silver medalists mm -hmm. uh, who ended up losing to Canada in penalties. So I'm very curious. And South Africa, they won the African nations cup. So uh, I'm, I'm very I'll curious to see how they do. Like, I think mm -hmm. this would be a very, very good game. Um, and yeah, tomorrow we got Netherlands, Portugal, France, Jamaica. I feel like those are going to be two very, very good games. Yeah. I'll shout out city, but, Shaw on Jamaica. She's an outstanding striker. Everybody watch that for sure. <laughs> I feel like Jamaica's going to be, yeah. there's going to be like a shock value to Jamaica. I'm so excited. I'm so, yeah. so yeah, great stay news tuned. tomorrow, a great <laughs> game tonight. So yeah, everyone stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Kicked Back presented by Betway. This has been Julia Rainey and Caroline here with you. And let us know what you think because a lot has happened. So keep us posted with your thoughts and then we'll be back next week with another episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 